Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Thursday. Travis family, as longtime Will Levis fans as we are, super excited for tonight's Titans-Steelers game. I've been texting with my oldest son. Got to figure out where we're getting the pizza from. Already took a nap, old man style, so I can stay up as late as I need to to be ready for this game. Uh, Titans-Steelers, Thursday night football. Let me just say before I even give you my pick, am I the only person who believes there are millions of people that have Amazon Prime and are NFL fans that would watch Thursday night football if it were easier to put on and all you had to do was sit down with like your traditional Comcast remote like I've got right here. I think there are. I'm not even kidding about this. I think there are millions of people that are like me. I think of myself as basically the most average human on the planet. I think that's why we have such a big audience. I think there are millions of people like me who come home, you're busy, you just came home from like your kids' basketball, soccer practice, football practice, whatever it is. It's like 8 o'clock. You sit down on the couch and you're like, oh, Thursday night football is going on and you get your remote and you want to put it on and then you're like, ugh, it's on Amazon. I don't even know how to track down and change things and get Amazon on. I don't want to go full old man on you, but here's what I want. I want one remote control and from that single remote control, I want to be able to control Everything that I want to watch. I'll tell you this. We watched Scream the other night. And my wife's like, well, it may be free on, you know, Paramount or Peacock or Screen uh, or uh, Amazon or, uh, or Netflix or whatever else. And I'm like, no, no. I don't want to try to sign into four different streaming devices to figure out how to put on the movie Scream All I have to do is say scream, it comes up, and I can pay $3.99, and I will pay the $3.99 to watch it without commercials. And by the way, I hate commercials. My wife will spend like ungodly amounts of money on things that I never have any use for at all. Like, right, I don't even, like, I don't, we basically pay an Amazon truck driver's salary to be delivering things to our house at all hours of every day, none of which I have any idea what's in the packages, right? Like, no idea what's coming to the house on a day-to-day basis, no idea what we're buying. I, I, I am clueless on it. But if I leave the shower running for like a minute and a half, or if I want to spend $3.99 to not have to work watch commercials, you, you would think that I make like $6,000 a year 
and that I provide nothing of economic value to this household. Shower's been on for an extra minute and a half. What have I done to the world? Want to spend $3.99 on Scream instead of trying to figure out how to sign into Paramount and Peacock and Amazon and Netflix to see if it's available there and spend 28 minutes trying to remember all the passwords to be able to get on? My point on this, I know I'm not alone in this. There are probably tens of millions of people just like me that want to watch Thursday night football and then they remember it's on Amazon and they're like, screw that. And maybe I'm a dinosaur, but there's a lot of dinosaurs out there. There's a lot of dudes like me and I don't even think I'm 44. I think there's a lot of you out there that are like 24 and feel the same way. I want one remote to be able to watch everything that I pay for with ease. I want to be able to say, you know, put, and by the way, my kids don't even know channels. I'll be like, put it on channel 11. That's ESPN. That's where the game is. They're like, no, let me go see the scoreboard and let me click in through it that way. I want one remote and I want to be able to find every sporting event under the sun with that one remote. And I think 99% of sports fans agree with me. I don't want to have to try to figure out what my password is. I don't want to figure out how to stream something. I don't want to log in and then have to log in again and then click all these different buttons. I want one remote... Can someone design this? One remote to allow every single thing that I pay for, which is like, I don't even know what our streaming bill and our cable bill and our internet... I I basically play the GDP of Moldova every month for media. I just want to be able to watch everything with one remote. The rant that starts all this is I'm going to have to get my kids to put on the friggin' Titan Steelers game because I don't know how to log in. I don't remember my Amazon passwords. I want one remote and I want to be able to watch everything. And oh, by the way, I want to watch it in real time too so I can gamble without having to be four minutes behind because some streaming service is crap. All right. And I want everybody to get off my lawn And I want uh, no leaf blowers. And let me just go ahead and start with this before I even give you my Titan Steelers bet. All right? I'm fired up about this reclining seats thing. No seats on airplanes unless they allow you to lay completely flat and they put them all down simultaneously like it's not nap time. No seat should be able to recline on an airplane. I am fundamentally anti-reclining seats. And just like basically what you choose to do with your shopping cart is a rough approximation of what kind of human you are. Do you just leave it laying around? Do you let it roll mindlessly across the parking lot? Or if you use a shopping cart, do you unload, take it, and return it? I think reclining seats is a simple test of humanity. Now, I understand some of you are little. Some of you are little women, not Louisa May Alcott style. Some of you are little men, and you have little dangly legs, and you don't understand how awful it is 
for any man or woman of a decent height to try to sit commercial in a airline flight. If I have to sit in the middle seat of a Southwest Airlines flight and someone reclines in front of me, I would rather be in prison for three hours than be on that airplane flight, okay? And some of you out there are like, oh, you don't even fly. I fly Southwest, all right? I have, as I am currently speaking to you, 2.5, not to brag, 2.5 million Southwest airline points. There are few people in America who have flown Southwest Airlines more than me. I still fly Southwest Airlines all over the country. In fact, I fly Southwest or I fly private. It's important to live on the edges, all right? I fly Southwest everywhere. You should not be able to recline a seat on Southwest. There are no overnight red-eye flights. There are, uh, you know... I've flown a lot of cross-country flights. If you want to sleep on an airplane, you sleep on the airplane without reclining your seat. I don't think that reclining your seat like two or three inches makes it that much easier to sleep. I'm not an airplane sleeper. I can't sleep at all. I'm going to Australia soon. I'm told that there on this Australian flight are going to be fully reclining seats. That lay flat seats, I'm basically just going to go sleep on the plane. I'm excited about that. I can't sleep unless I am fully on my back, right? If the whole airplane simultaneously at like 11 o'clock on an overnight flight, they're like, hey, every single plane flight is going to recline fully and you're all going to have lay flat beds and everybody has to do this the same. And then at 6 a.m., We raise them all back up and everybody has to wake together in concert like you're all a bunch of Draculas getting up out of your coffins. I would be okay with that. No issues at all. I would even be okay on some of these over, uh, on some of these flights if they stacked like trios and you got to lay flat the whole time and you had a little pod, I'd be fine with that, right? Whatever. I'm flexible. You should not be able to recline your seat. And if you're a little man or you're a little woman and you have dangly legs and you don't understand, I am six foot 185 pounds. If somebody reclines their seat in front of me, basically I'm in prison. I can't type. I can't use my tray. I can't do anything. I can barely even read a, uh, read a newspaper. You are the equivalent of people. You seat recliners. You're the equivalent of people who leave your shopping carts and abandon them at grocery stores. And let me just say this too. If you're little, like my wife is 5'2", you basically get to fly first class all the time because you are tiny relative to the overall size of the seat. You can kick your legs up in front of you. You can dangle them around. You can have all sorts of fun. If you're a decent-sized human being, I, I, I like... I see guys who are like 6'5 walking onto a Southwest flight and I just think you poor bastard. There is no first class. If you don't get the seat with nobody in front of you or you don't get the exit row where you get a little bit of extra uh, space, you have no hope on these flights. I'm just telling you. So if you don't know, if you are reclining your seat and there is a grown man behind you of a decent size, you are a miserable human being 
who is gaining virtually nothing and destroying the flight experience of the guy in front of you, behind you. I just think this is important to get out there. You reclining seats peoples are monsters. It is indefensible what you are doing. You are the scourge of society. You should not be doing this. And I'm thinking about this not only for making society a better place, but also for flight attendants. Now that we've finally gotten away with masks, I bet almost all of the disputes that flight attendants have to monitor and, uh, and uh, adjudicate, a huge person, I bet the number one thing by far is seat reclining. Somebody reclining who doesn't need the space and is already a little person and doing it to somebody who is decent sized. I despise you. Hey, Clay Travis here. We'll be right back. But first, here's a word. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh, All right, Titan Steelers. I'm on the under tonight. Let me explain why. Um, I don't think Will Levis is going to have a lot of success. Four touchdown passes. Three of them were deep shots. I think he's going to struggle. The Steelers are going to take away the deep ball uh, and make him beat them on intermediate underneath routes. I think that means the drives will be longer. Uh, that means that there will not be as many points scored. I love the under here. I also think the Titans may go get it done and get the dub. Uh, the line is now dropped to two and a half. I don't like to bet road teams under the field goal, unless I feel like they're going to win. It's also possible I'm getting a bad line because I'm in the state of Tennessee. So lines may be different for the rest of the country. Um, Once it gets under a full field goal advantage, which is where it is right now, I like to take the underdog uh, because I think there's more value there. Three and a half, I would be inclined to take the home team. Three, maybe a push. Two and a half. I start to think, okay, uh, look, the money is coming in. Uh, I'm thinking maybe I'm going to take the money line for the road team because now we're under a full field goal. Start to think like that. I think the Titans probably the value here. If you're getting three and a half, I would take the Titans um, uh, for sure. If it's at three, uh, I think it's a more difficult position. If it's at two and a half, I'm uh, inclined again to think the Titans are going to win that game on the money line. Uh, because I don't think you're getting that much value once you get under a field goal. Anyway, we'll talk about this more with Kelly in Vegas. My top pick is the under, uh, and I got that at 36 and a half. Here's the outkick six-pack, by the way. Dolphins, Chiefs, I'm on the over. That's a Frankfurt game uh, in Germany for you uh, numbskulls who don't know where Frankfurt is. Uh, that game's going to kick off early from Europe. Uh, I'm on the Rams plus the points against the Packers. A little bit nervous about Matthew uh, Stafford's health there. Vikings, Falcons, the under 37. Don't love this as much now that uh, Heineke's coming in to replace uh, to replace the Falcon quarterback, Desmond Ritter. Not as big of a fan of that. Seahawks, Ravens over 42 and a half. Cowboys, Eagles over 46. 
Uh, that is how I would set all of these up. That is the OutKick six-pack. I've got a conspiracy theory for you. Some of you out there may think I'm crazy on this. I don't know what the absolute latest is on the Michigan spy controversy, but I have noticed that suddenly, out of nowhere, ESPN has parachuted in in a big way, and they are now leading the charge on something needing to be done to Michigan. Why is that? Well, maybe, maybe every single employee that ESPN has that is related to college football or is an opinionist, maybe all of them ended up suddenly with the opinion that Michigan should have a penalty levied against them. Maybe that just happened out of nowhere. Or maybe, conspiracy theory, ESPN is trying to ding the Big Ten because they're upset that they no longer have any Big Ten athletic events. Remember, Fox and CBS, by and large, have pretty much, and the Big Ten Network, which Fox owns, have pretty much all of the Big Ten now. And then Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA, they're all in the Big Ten too. So the four biggest brands on the West Coast, ESPN has no connection to, and the entire Midwest, all of those games, ESPN never airs any of them. So is it crazy for me to think, is it crazy for me to think that as a result, ESPN could be going after the Big Ten in a way they would not if they were still partners with the league. I don't think so at all. I think ESPN is furious that Fox has all of the Big Ten and has boxed ESPN out of the entire network and that the Big Ten has expanded and added USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon, effectively cutting the West Coast off. Now, ESPN's still going to get Stanford and Cal, as a part of the ACC, but Stanford and Cal don't move the needle. And then the SEC, sorry, the Big 12, now with Utah and Arizona and Arizona State and all that uh, group, now that will be split between Fox and ESPN. But I think they were upset to be cut out. And I think, I don't think this is a crazy conspiracy theory. I think one reason why ESPN has suddenly gone all in on the Michigan Spygate story is because they want to undercut the value of the Big Ten brand because a huge part of the Big Ten brand, don't mistake it, is Michigan and Ohio State. Do you buy it? I definitely think ESPN wouldn't have gone after Michigan like this if they still had the Big Ten. My personal opinion. Um, All right, let's talk about something serious now. Uh, The Biden White House is now decided that they're going to combat Islamophobia. Worth noting, Jewish people represent 2% of the United States population and over half of all anti-Semitic, sorry, half, half of all hate crimes are now with Jews as the target. That is, just let me rephrase that. Jewish people represent roughly 2% of the United States population. And over half 
of all hate crimes are directed at Jewish people. That would, to me, suggest that anti-Semitism is a big issue in this country. Uh, And in the wake of 1,400 Jewish people being brutally murdered by Hamas, that would suggest to me the most dangerous, deadly day for Jewish people since the Holocaust, that this remains a major issue in the country and certainly in the world. If you look at what's happening in Europe, you look at the amount of anti-Jewish hate that is raining down all over the country. So if there were going to do me anything that the Biden White House were to do in response to the brutal murder of 1,400 Jewish people who were all innocent by Hamas, which wants to wipe all Jewish people off the face of the earth, my thoughts would be, hey, maybe let's focus on giving Jewish people as much protection as possible, given that right now it appears that they are being targeted even at a level that exceeds the usual level of targeting of Jewish people. All right? Instead, the Biden White House said, the real problem that we need to be concerned with right now is Islamophobia. Uh, And I read this. I've got it with me right now. I'm an old school guy. As you guys well know, I read print newspapers. Really good piece on the editorial page of today's, one of the editorial page, today's Wall Street Journal. It says, Islamophobia is a phony diagnosis, and it's written by Matthew Hennessy. Uh, And there are a couple of paragraphs I wanted to read. Um, It's rational to be afraid of Islamic terror. It's understandable to be angry about the World Trade Center, Bali, Madrid, London, Paris, the Boston Marathon, San Bernardino, Charlie Hebdo, the Manchester Arena, the Brussels Metro, the Orlando Nightclub, Salman Rushdie, the list goes on. It isn't wrong to hate the people who live stream the slaughter of entire families on October 7th. It isn't a phobia to abhor senseless death delivered in the name of God. It may even be laudable. I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, it's a powerful couple of paragraphs there from Matthew Hennessy, who, uh, let me make sure I give him credit, is the journal's deputy editorial features editor. Um, first of all, you should never judge someone based on their religion or their race, right? Because that is what identity politics does. I abhor identity politics. You should do your best to judge everyone as an individual, not as the identity they represent. Don't judge somebody based on their race, their gender, their ethnicity, even their political voting patterns, because people may surprise you uh, when you actually have face-to-face conversations with them. But it is truly the case that there is a desire to label people as extremists who are not actually extreme and pretend that actual danger should not be uh, called out as such. Um, And I look, Salon has an article up right now, and it says, MAGA and Christian nationalism, bigger threat to America than Hamas could ever be. 
I don't think anybody with a functional brain actually believes that. Look, to my knowledge, in my life, by and large, Christian and Jewish people and Buddhist people, but Christian and Jewish I know for sure because I live here in the United States, and Buddhist I believe too, I can't remember anybody of those faiths uh, ever slaughtering thousands of people in the name of their religion. Historically, yes, people killed because of religious issues all the time. The Muslim faith has a massive issue with the number of people who will kill innocents to this day in the present moment based on their religious beliefs. Jewish people do not, to my knowledge, in the present day, slaughter innocent people in the name of their religion. People say, well, they're... No, they're responding to a terror attack perpetrated by Hamas. Christians, to my knowledge, do not slaughter others based on their religion. This is not crazy to recognize. Now, don't attack anybody based on their religion or their race. I want all of you to be nonviolent. But as this is pointing out, Islamophobia is not a thing in the United States. There are occasional crazy people who behave crazily, and they should be condemned and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law when they do. But this is the Biden administration trying to play politics and refusing to call evil and terror what it is. There are not two sides to Israel versus Hamas. There is good and there is evil. What the Biden administration is trying to do is pretend that that distinction between good and evil does not exist. And that's why, in a totally tone-deaf way, as Jewish people all over America and all around the world are being targeted for violent attacks, the Biden administration is trying to pretend that Islamophobia is the issue. The Biden administration has labeled people who support Donald Trump as MAGA extremists. They won't even label Muslim terrorists as extremists in this country. If you voted for Donald Trump, you're an extremist, but not if you're willing to kill people based on your religion. This is what labeling does. It creates false narratives. Again, there is no equivalent to the World Trade Centers, Bali, Madrid, London, Paris, the Boston Marathon, San Bernardino, Charlie Hebdo, the Manchester Arena, the Brussels Metro, the Orlando Nightclub, Salman Rushdie, 9-11, October 7th. There is no other religion equivalent to those terror attacks that Muslim terrorists motivated by their Islamic faith have undertaken. It's important to call that out, and it's not wrong to ask what ideology is existing that is allowing that form of uh, terror to exist inside of the religion, not existing, to my knowledge, in any other religion that I see uh, yeah, that is practiced and embraced 
in the United States or around the world. Um, all right, I appreciate all of you. Uh, I am, uh, and by the way, just think about those uh, marches. There is no Jewish and Christian march equivalent to what we are seeing uh, support for Hamas and support for Palestine. People say, oh, Hamas and Palestine are different. Ah, they're pretty interconnected. All right, I don't want any innocent person to die, but the moment that Hamas decided to attack Israel, they lost the ability to, in my opinion, try to argue for a ceasefire or for a lack of terror attacks uh, or response to that terror attack. My name is Clay Travis. I'm firmly on the side of good as opposed to evil. How many on the left in this country can say the same? Israel deserves the right to do whatever is necessary to eradicate Hamas's ability to ever attack and kill innocent people ever again. Uh, just like we tried to do to Al-Qaeda and to ISIS and to other terror groups that have similarly attacked us, Israel has the right to defend itself as well. All right, this has been Outkick the Show. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. Don't recline those uh, seats. Be a good American. I'll see you guys tomorrow.